The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Hello, Faith Hill Church. Good morning. This is Pastor T. And uh, man, yet another privilege and opportunity for us uh, to get together and get into God's Word and just share some, some, some truths that I believe will uh, change your life, will inspire you, will encourage you. And uh, so last week we started off talking about the God kind of love and how the God kind of love is uh, called agape in the Greek. And uh, uh, what that means in the life of a believer is that uh, uh, God's love for us is unconditional. Uh, He doesn't wait until we do something for him to love on us. God loves us unconditionally. Uh, We ended off talking about how terms and conditions don't apply uh, with everybody else. Uh, Their love really is based on Uh, How good or bad you treat them. If you treat them good, they love you. If you don't treat them right, uh, they're not going to love you. But God's love for us is truly not based on any conditions uh, because Jesus completely satisfied uh, all of the conditions, uh, the demands of justice uh, as it were. And so today we're going to be continuing in the same breath. We're going to be talking about what this love will do in the life of a believer. And before we jump in, we're just going to pray and usher you in. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory and honor for for this awesome, awesome opportunity and privilege to get together as your children. Uh, You say in your word, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And so, Lord, we know that your presence is in every house uh, that's represented on this broadcast. We pray that... uh, Uh, Through the cyberspace and uh, every gadget, they may be watching on their television sets, on their cell phones. Lord, we just pray that the the, the same spirit that is in this house that we can feel right now after such a tremendous worship, the same power uh, and presence that we have right now will just permeate. Uh, into their homes through the airspace. Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And so we uh, today are going to be talking about what this uh, God kind of love will do uh, in the life of a believer. We, you know, in talking about uh, this God kind of love last week, we discover as well that uh, uh, in, in the life of Jesus, everything that he accomplished uh, in terms of signs and wonders and miracles, uh, the foundation of it all was love. And this is why scripture also encourages us to have a solid foundation of love. It says if you offer your body to be burnt, uh, to be given as a sacrifice, but you don't do it motivated by love, uh, it will profit you nothing. And so we need uh, to, 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 to center everything around this love. Everything should revolve around this love. It says Jesus was moved with compassion. Every time you'd uh, heal the sick, compassion compelled him. And, 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 and there's a difference between compassion and uh, sympathy. Uh, the God kind of love is compassion. It is not sympathy. Sympathy has no results. Sympathy just pities you. It, it just understands your situations. And it, sympathy sounds like, you know, I really feel sorry for you. And, I, you know, I, I really am 
uh, just really, really, really going to be thinking about it, you know, or thinking about you. But, but the Jesus or the God kind of love is compassion and it is backed up by results. In other words, God loves you enough to do something about it. And uh, God loves you enough to protect you. God loves you enough uh, to be your defense in a time of crisis. So God's love for us is compassion. It is, it is, it is a love that comes uh, with results. And so God values you. God treasures you. Uh, He sent his one and only begotten son Jesus to die for you on the cross because he values you and he treasures you. You know, I always tell people... Uh, that you as a new creature, you, you, a workmanship created in, 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 in God for good things, you are different from, you know, an Old Testament picture that we see. For example, uh, in the book of Jeremiah, where the, uh, Jeremiah was asked to go to the uh, porter and to see how the porter was working uh, the clay in his hands and uh, speaking of Israel, the nation of Israel. And, and every often you would uh, break it down, break what he had made and rebuild it again and sometimes new testament believers try to relate with that and they think that we are in a, in a work in some form of a, a porter's hands in a, in a clay work no we are not you and i are a finished product we are not a work in progress uh, there are several scriptures in the new testament that points to this that you are a finished product you know one of them is second corinthians five seventeen. it says if any man is in christ is a new creature behold old things have passed away and everything has become brand new. So you are a new creation. It didn't say you are a work in progress. No, you are a new creation, a species of being completed created, finished in God uh, for good things. That's what scripture says in uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says you are God's workmanship. That word workmanship is God's poema. Uh, that's the Greek word poema where we get the English word poem you know just like an English poem as 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 rhyme and reason to it and it's created by the uh, the writer with with love and 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 thought in it he pours out all of his thoughts he has to get rhyming words it's not just careless every word is carefully put together just like a poem is carefully put together God has carefully uh, put you together uh, to be an impact and to be an influence for such a time as this. God literally poured out all of his love on the inside of you. And he says at the end of that verse, he created us for good things. Now I'm, I'm, I'm making all this, I'm, I'm bringing all of this up because once you catch this revelation of how much God loves you, it takes away bad doctrine. It takes away uh, a bad understanding of your relationship with God. It takes away a bad understanding of the true nature uh, of God because some people say yeah God loves you unconditionally but they turn around in the same breath and say but it is God who is sending all these challenges uh, to try and get our attention it is God who's you know allowing uh, this coronavirus so we can repent you know and people come up with all kinds of weird doctrines because they don't have a full revelation of the God kind of love listen you are a new creation you are loved you are you you are carefully put together with rhyme and reason and for a purpose. God loves you unconditionally. God cherishes you. He says God is mindful of you. What that means is his mind is full of you. It says God knows the very number of hair on your
your head. Man, that's powerful. God thinks about you all the time. And so the revelation of this love uh, will not only uh, uh, make you calm, you know, and rest easy in times of uh, crisis, but it also makes your faith work. We discovered that last week uh, in Galatians chapter number 5, verse 6, which says it's neither by circumcision nor uncircumcision, but by faith which works by love. What that means is your, your, for your faith to work, it needs uh, L-O-V-E. You know, as the fuel uh, for it to work. And I remember growing up, man, you know, my pastors and I'd read several books. They emphasized faith, man. You've got to get some faith. You've got to get some uh, faith that moves mountains. You've got to get some faith that uh, uh, turns around situations. You've got to get uh, a faith that uh, uh, can work in the impossibilities of life. You've got to get a faith, you know, that 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 does the miracles and so on and so forth. And they would emphasize uh, me getting this faith. And I had one question for them. I would always ask, so where do I get this faith? Where am I going to get it? Because I want to know where to get this faith because I certainly had some mountains that I needed moved in my life. I certainly had some situations that I needed uh, to be turned around. So my question was, where is this faith? Where, what, what? In fact, before where the faith is, I wanted to know what is faith, you know? <laughs> What is this faith that you're talking about? And, and we discovered in teaching, I think building up to today, that you know, faith is simply this, uh, your response to what God has already done by grace. That's where we start. The definition of faith is this, the response that you bring uh, in relation to what God has already done by grace. Remember last week, we gave you a definition of grace and we said it's the past tense of God's word and it's what God has already done in the past. And how do we respond to that or how we respond to that is what we call faith. It's a positive response to what God has already done uh, by grace. Simply put, that's what faith is. And, and the next question I had is, okay, so where do I get this faith? Where am I going to find it? Is it in Randberg? Is it in Cape Town? Is it in London? Is it in Arari? I want to know where this faith is so I can get myself on a, on a, uh, in my car, if I can drive there, get myself in a, in a plane so I can get my hands on this faith, okay? I want to know, where is this faith uh, found? Scripture answers that uh, in Romans chapter number 10, verse 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your faith will come when you start to receive God's words, when you start to get the good report of what God has already done by grace. So faith doesn't function uh, very well where the will of God is not known. Faith does not, there is no faith where there is ignorance. Remember the scripture in Hosea chapter number four, verse six, it says, my people perish because they lack knowledge. Without knowledge, there is no faith. Why? Because faith comes by hearing or by knowing something through the knowledge of God's word, through the knowledge of what Jesus has already made available by grace, you begin to build your faith uh, for it. So faith comes through God's word. And the next question I had was, so how do I work this faith? Once it's come, how do I get my handle on it so I can start working it in everyday life? And this is what Galatians chapter number five, uh, verse six answers. It says, faith works by love. In other words, you know, some of you drive cars 
uh, and, and, and some of you, you know, drive cars that are fueled by petrol and some of you drive cars that are fueled by uh, diesel, at least in this country. And if you're watching overseas, you may be uh, uh, an owner of a, a Tesla, an electric car. And so it's powered by, by electricity, by energy. And so, you know, how does faith work? What, what powers your faith? These cars uh, will not work very well, you know, I believe if you try to use any other uh, substitute for what the manufacturer specified. So if I decide I want to use uh, uh, water to fuel my car, I wish. <laughs> it's just not going to turn out all right. You know why? Because the manufacturer specified the car to work by petrol or diesel or electricity. Similarly, uh, the, the manufacturer of faith is specified for it to work by love. And this is not uh, how you love one another. This is when you get a revelation of how much God loves you. So when you, you find yourself in a place where your faith isn't working, uh, your real problem is not a faith problem. Your real problem is a love problem. You have forgotten how much God uh, loves you. Uh, Romans chapter number 8 uh, verse 38 is a powerful scripture. Uh, the Apostle Paul uh, is, is pushing into this revelation of love. And he says in Romans uh, 8 verse 38, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. So this is a, a powerful revelation that we need if we're going to work in faith consistently. We need to know that this love is consistent. Nothing can separate us uh, from this love. God's love is not, you know, one, one day up, one day down, based, not, it's not based on your performance. And what you settle, once you settle that in your heart, your faith is going to be stable. Your faith is going to be consistent because these two uh, variables are really, really connected. Amen. And so the second thing that this God kind of love uh, will do in you is found in Hebrews. Uh, chapter number 13, and I'm going to be reading from verse 5 to 6 in the Amplified. And this is what it says. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 11, 5 to 6. It says, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. I'm reading in the Amplified now. It says, being content with what you have. For he has said, I will never. Now listen to this. This is God. It says, for God has said, open inverted commas, I will never under any circumstances desert you. Man, if you can settle this in your heart, your faith will begin to work. He says, I will never under any circumstances desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. No, will I in any degree leave you helpless? This is God speaking. Did you hear that? God says, I will not under any circumstances, under no circumstances, under no terms, under no conditions. I will never, ever leave you helpless. I will never give up on you. I will never leave you without 
any support. Man, if you can settle a verse like this in your heart that, you know what, God will never leave me helpless. <laughs> God will never leave me uh, 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 without any support. God is always going to be with me. Uh, he, he says, uh, continuing to read, he says, No, will I forsake you or let you down? God will never let me down uh, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. God will never relax his hold on me. In other words, he's my protection. He's my provider. He's my nourisher. Man, if I can settle that in my heart, it changes the way I function in faith. You know why? Because I know I have a father. I know I have, I have, I have an advantage. I have someone in my corner who, has, who is all powerful. I have someone in my corner called God who has made a promise now that he'll never leave me. No, will he ever forsake me. He's not going to let me down. And watch how he ends that, that, that verse in verse 6. He says, so we take comfort. And we are encouraged and confidently say, and this is our response to what God has said. This is our response. We say this, the Lord is my helper in times of need. I will not be afraid. What will men do unto me? In other words, uh, the, the, the God kind of love also insulates you from the fear of man. Man, the, the God kind of love will deliver you from wanting to be a man's pleaser. We know what the scripture says about uh, the fear of man. It says the fear of man is a snare. The fear of man is a trap. God never meant for us to live our lives uh, in, in, in fear of man or what man can do to us. God has always meant for us to live our lives in fear. Fear of God and fear of God is not fright of God is is in reverence of God and I'm telling you when you start having this settled in your heart it's gonna deliver you and you're gonna start having some what I like to call emotional consistency and I'm using those words intentionally you know when you realize how much God loves you you're not gonna be uh, disappointed if people don't approve of you you're not gonna uh, live your your life to try and get man's approval because guess what whether you like it or not there's just some people who are just not going to like you and 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 sometimes it's not because of what you have done sometimes it's not because of you know anything that's connected to you sometimes it's just because they are going through something or you know their life is messed up or they just not they haven't had a revelation of how much God loves them because remember uh, loved people love other people and hurt people hurt other people bitter people uh, will will project bitterness to other people in the hope that they also become bitter but when you have this established in your heart it's going to deliver you from uh, the, the fear of man it's going to deliver you from wanting to be a man pleaser but beyond that it's also going to help you start producing the fruit of the spirit which is love and it's manifested in all the different types of fruits that he he talks about after that in Galatians uh, chapter number six he says the fruit of the spirit is love and he puts a semicolon and he starts listing patience uh, uh, meekness uh, humility uh, long-suffering and so on and so forth which are the manifestations of love but the fruit of the spirit is love man I'm telling you if you establish these things in your heart that God loves me. It will deliver you uh, from all kinds of trouble. Watch what he says in Psalm 139 uh, verse 17. He says, how precious also are your thoughts toward me, O God. 
Man, this is the way you should be thinking in faith. He says, how precious, how awesome are your thoughts toward me, O God. How vast is the sum of them. He's saying your thoughts, God, your thoughts toward me are precious and they are uh, uh, infinite. Uh, I can't count them. They're just too many to count. Why? Because you love me so much. It is a man with that kind of revelation that can begin to operate in a mountain moving faith. The reason uh, why a lot of people struggle uh, to, to function and to operate in faith is because they are in deficiency of how much God loves them. They, they just don't have a revelation of how much uh, God loves them. And in, it's made manifest in several places. Uh, it's made manifest in how they uh, are religious. It's made manifest in how they uh, treat others. It's made manifest in how they pray. You know, some people, when you listen to them pray, it's, it's almost like they're praying to a God who is indifferent, a God who is just angry, a God who is mean. And, you know, they have to come in a certain posture. They have to say uh, all these words and just try and appease this God who is not even paying attention and an angry deity in heaven. And they, they just do the most. They do too much <laughs> because they think, you know, God is indifferent. But when you realize God's thoughts toward, toward you are precious and uh, they're numerous. Uh, in nature. Uh, man, it changes the way you pray. You begin to pray uh, like Jesus. Remember how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead in John 11. Uh, he, he used a, a three-word prayer. Lazarus, come forth. You know why? Because Jesus knew how much God loved him. When he prayed in John 17, he says, Lord, I just pray that they may also have a revelation uh, of how much you love them just like you love me. The reason why Jesus could function in faith at such a high level is because he knew how much God loved him. And in fact, the very first thing that God says uh, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right at the beginning after Jesus got baptized uh, by John the Baptist, you remember? Uh, the, the, the skies were open and descended uh, in a bodily fashion uh, like a dove, uh, the Spirit of God, and the words proceeded uh, uh, to say these words, this is my beloved son, beloved son. In other words, this is my son whom I love and I am pleased in him. So God lavished his, his love or expressed his love even to Jesus right at the beginning of his ministry. And I believe that was the fuel that kept Jesus uh, functioning in his ministry at such a high level. He knew that God loved him. And therefore, he didn't have to appease. He didn't have to perform. He didn't have to have all the religious extras to try and get things to, to move forward. He, he was... He was, he was confident in this, that God uh, loved him. It says in uh, verse 18 uh, of Psalm 139, he says, If I count them, your numerous precious thoughts of love, if I count them, they would outnumber the sand. I mean, think about it. God's thoughts toward you would outnumber the sand. When, I, when I'm awake, I am still with you. Man, the psalmists break it down for us. This is God's heart toward you and me. God's heart toward us uh, uh, is love and it changes the way you function in your Christian walk. It will change the way you pray. Praise God. It's certainly going to change. I used to think that prayer was an adventure to try and uh, get 
uh, God to uh, move on my behalf. I used to think prayer. I, 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 mean, I, had, I had no revelation that God has already moved by grace. I had no revelation that God will answer my prayers before I even pray them. And that's what Jesus says. He says, God loves you so much, you will answer your prayers before you even pray them. And when I find it, when it finally dawned on me, how much God loved me. It changed the way I pray. Now, prayer is not, to me at least, prayer is not some religious obligation that I do every single morning. Prayer is my opportunity to spend time with my loving Heavenly Father. I look forward to prayer. <laughs> when prayer was an obligation, I didn't like prayer. I would still go to prayer, but I'd drag my feet into prayer. When I realized that prayer is more than just uh, a, a religious calisthenic, prayer is, is an opportunity for me to just go uh, into a place where I can just receive of this love, where I can just uh, uh, be intimate with God and just experience this love uh, uh, beyond uh, what we can ever experience in the natural man. When I, when I realized that prayer was way bigger than presenting a grocery list because God already knows these things, I started to enjoy prayer. And I, man, I get more in prayer than in anything else in the world. In fact, the uh, best investment of my time ever is prayer. It is to spend time with God because now I don't do it as a religious obligation. I don't do it as a debt that I owe uh, to God. I do it as, man, I want to spend time with God. Just like, you know, uh, when I spend time with my wife, when I spend time with my kids, I don't feel like, you know, I'm performing some religious uh, family duty. No, I, I love it. I just, I just want to be with them. You know, I'm looking forward to being at home. I'm looking forward to spending time with my kids. When we go on vacation, Man, it's one of the best times in my life. You know why? Because I'm just looking forward to spending time with them all the time. In fact, one of the things that has made this lockdown uh, exciting and bearable, at least for us as a family, is we get to spend time together and just enjoy each other's company. And it's one of the things that has made this lockdown bearable as well spiritually is I get to spend time with God because I just love to spend time with God. I remember last year, I uh, I was scheduled to preach in Kimberley. And uh, uh, when I got to the airport, you know, I don't know what happened. I ended up getting some food and I missed my flight. And you should never try this at home, okay? Don't ever miss your flight. <laughs> and so when I missed my flight, I decided, you know what? I'm going to get the train to Santon and I'm going to rent a car and drive to Kimberley. And so I rented a car and drove to Kimberley so I could, you know, be uh, there uh, first thing in the next uh, morning to, to, to minister grace. It was a grace in the marketplace uh, breakfast out there. And so I drove drove through the night and when I got to Kimberley I was as fired up as I could ever be and the pastor there was concerned and he said to me man this must have been the toughest time you uh, spend in the car driving here and I said to him man this is probably one of the most awesome times I've ever had and he said how come I said because it was just me and God <laughs> see how I look at things I like to spend time with God because I know that I, I just get to experience his love I just get to receive his love and the more love I get to receive the more established and rooted I am in love the more I function in faith we just start to get results accidentally so brothers and sisters don't try to get more
more faith, uh, uh, get more rooted and established in love. And when you do, there's going to be uh, a greater manifestation of the God kind of faith uh, being produced uh, from your life. Amen. I hope it makes sense. In closing now, man, I've already been teaching for over 30 minutes now. I've got to close this thing. In closing, let's quickly look at First uh, John. Uh, chapter number uh, 4, and I'm going to be reading from verse 16. Uh, 1 John chapter number 4 uh, from verse uh, 16. Thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you, this, 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 this revelation will change your life. It says in 1 John uh, chapter number 4, uh, verse 16, he says, and uh, we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. See the starting point uh, with the Apostle John. He says two things here. He says, we have known and we have believed the love that God hath to us. You know, you've got to know this. You've got to be established in this. You've got to be rooted in this. You, you've got to know how much God loves you. I mean, as a church, and I apologize uh, for the church as well, because uh, for many, many years we have measured in, in, in many other things without actually telling people how much they are loved. We've measured in religion. We've made a, measured in motivation. Uh, we've measured in just trying to get people a, another goosebump, a feeling. Uh, we've measured in trying to give people a good show uh, every Sunday. You know, the church has measured in all these things without measuring in the most important thing. You know what the most important thing is? It's the gospel. When we start measuring in the gospel and we start measuring in, in revealing to people how much God loves them, and they get to know and believe it, man, I'm telling you, we will begin to cause a massive damage to the kingdom of darkness. He said we have known and we have believed the love uh, that God has for us. God is love. Listen to how he puts, uh, he puts it together. He says God is love. He doesn't say God has love. He says God is love. If you have done any kind of maths, you know that every time you use the word is between any two variables, you can replace that with an equal sign. When he says God is love, he doesn't say God possesses love. It means there is no love without God. Because God equals love. I know the world, you know, tries to, to, to love uh, people without God in the equation and it always ends up in hurt. You know, we see it in Hollywood. Uh, we see it in, in the people at least that, that, that are public figures that we get to uh, watch their lives through the uh, television and, you know, the, the media and so on and so forth. And some of them, you know, love uh, each other based on notoriety. Some of them love each other based on uh, social status. Some of them love each other based on uh, 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 the bank statement, the amount of money that you have, and so on and so forth. And it always ends up in ends up in in hurt because the the only source of love is God. Because God is love. You can put an equal sign between God uh, and love, and uh, you know the the very. Uh, existence of God is uh, love. Amen. And so God loves us because he is love, not because we are lovable, not because we, it's his true nature. His true nature is to, is to love you. And man, this will straighten out your doctrine. You can't say God is love with, you know, one side of your mouth and then with the other side of your mouth say God is the one that's using 
uh, all these hurtful things to try and teach you a lesson. I mean, that's not a true uh, representation of someone that loves you. I mean, you love your own children. You would never take their hand and put it on a stove just so I can teach them that this thing burns. No, you don't do that. You instruct them and you love on them and you, you know, you, you give them wisdom. And it's, it's, it's the same with God. God does not use all these weird things to try and get his uh, children's attention. Uh, and he goes on to say that he that dwelleth in love uh, dwelleth in God. And God in him. So how do you know you are dwelling in God? How do you know uh, you, are, you are in the secret place of the Most High God? If, 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 if you are dwelling in the place and in the constant uh, revelation, uh, reminding yourself that God loves me. You know, the secret place of the Most High God is not a physical location. It's a, it's a spiritual reality that has to exist uh, in your mind. And this is why you've got to renew your mind to these truths, man. You've got to change the way you think. Man, every single day you look yourself in the mirror and say, I am loved. You look yourself in the mirror and say, I am accepted in the beloved, uh, Ephesians 1, 1 verse 6. You look yourself in the mirror and you convince yourself that, you know, uh, my boyfriend may not, may, may have dumped me, my, 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 my friends may not treat me right, and my work colleagues may not treat me right, but guess what? All of that doesn't matter because I am loved by the Creator uh, of the universe. Man, this will take care of all uh, low self-esteem issues. It will take care of all inferiority complexes when you remind yourself that you are loved. I remember in February we were uh, at the Wealth Builders Conference with Billy Epperhart, and it was a big deal for me. I mean, this is a big conference with uh, uh, hundreds of, you know, multi-millionaires uh, that are coming to hear about business, and I happened to be one of the speakers there, and I remember the morning that I was scheduled to speak. Uh, I got up in the morning. I couldn't even have breakfast, man. I had butterflies in my stomach. I mean, I was having all kinds of uh, 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 you know, fearful things happen to, I was, I'm shaking, I'm getting weak in my knees, I don't know what I'm going to do, man, and I'm praying, Lord, help me, Lord, help me, and the Lord reminded me, he said, Tafara, just remember g g this one thing, and you'll be all right, I said, Lord, what's that, he says, remember, I love you, I said, yeah, yeah, I know that. He said, establish that in your heart. And as I started reminding myself, you know what? God loves me. And as that revelation started growing and I started convincing myself because, you know, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't even be trying to convince God because God knows that. I was trying to convince myself. I had to put myself in a place where I'm fully persuaded that God loves me. If, if one of the millionaires does, don't approve of me, guess what? It doesn't matter. You know why? because <laughs> I'm loved by the creator of the universe. So the pressure, it took the monkey off my back. It took the pressure off of me, just reminding myself that I am loved. In fact, God went on to whisper in my ear. He said, Tafara, if you were the only person in the universe, I would still have sent Jesus to die for you. It may sound like arrogance to some of you, but it's not arrogance. It's just I know what the scriptures say, and I know I'm established now. I have a conviction. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. I, I am just confident in the love of God uh, for me because of what Jesus did for me at the cross. And, man, I'm telling you, as I started saying those words, and I, I was walking around at the hotel, just kind of walking around, pacing up and down, you know, I was muttering, uh, you know, God loves me. God loves me. It doesn't matter. God loves me. It doesn't matter if I 
I don't get it. God loves me. And guess what? Because of that revelation, I went in there, man. I tore the roof off the building. <laughs> if I can say so myself, man, I just went in there. And, and guess what? I, there's no hindrance in love. Because listen to what he says here. He says, uh, uh, perfect love casts out fear. He says in verse uh, 17, 1 John now, before, man, I need to... I need to close this service. But 1 John 4, uh, 17. He says, herein is our love uh, made uh, uh, perfect, uh, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Remember, that word perfect here is not talking about flawless. It's talking about mature. He says, when we start realizing how much God, love, uh, how much God loves us, we begin to grow in maturity. And watch what he says in verse 17. There is no fear in love. Remember, we started off by telling you that love is the, is the fuel to our faith. Here's something else that love is. Love is the antidote to fear. It is the remedy to your fears. It is the remedy to uh, uh, inferiority complex. It is the remedy to low self-esteem. Love is the spiritual powerful force that God has given us to di displace all insecurities of mankind. Man, you want to help people that have uh, low self-esteem, you know what you should do? You should help them and train them and disciple them in, in, in the love of God. Show them how much God loves them. He says there is no fear in love. Why? Because perfect love, mature love, casts out fear. Because fear has torment. Man, fear will torment you. Uh, 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 low self-esteem, it will torment you. Inferiority complexes, man, it will torment you. I, I don't want any of that in my life. It will just torment you. Uh, but love casts it all out. The relationship between love and fear is, is similar to uh, that of light and darkness. Where there is love, there is not going to be any fear. Where someone really knows how much God loves them, they're not going to be fearful. They're not going to be, uh, have any loss of esteem. They're not going to be uh, uh, struggling with inferiority complexes. They're going to be all right. If you like them, praise the Lord. If you don't, so what? And, and I'm not saying it from an uh, uh, arrogant perspective to where you just become mean to everybody. But I'm saying you should have some godly confidence in you. Uh, so much so that you don't need man's approval for you to carry out uh, God's assignment. Man, this is powerful. He says, he that fears is not made perfect in love. And he goes on to say, let me close with this, verse 19. He says, we love him, God, because he first loved us. Man, this, this verse, I call this verse the great initiator. The only reason we are able to love is because God loved us first. But let me tell you something else. The only reason we are able to do anything in life is because God uh, has done it first. The only reason we are able to give generously is because God gave generously first. So the only reason we are able to do anything is because God has already done it and he has already opened up uh, for us a channel by which we can tap into his nature, that aspect of his nature. And as we tap into it, it begins to flow in us. Remember, we are the branches connected to the vine. We have the branches uh, and the same, the same life that's flowing in the, in the vine also uh, flows into the branch. And the, 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 the life of generosity, the life of uh, the love of God, the life of uh, 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 living a life of forgiveness and so on and so forth. We are able to do it because God 
did it first. He's the great initiator. That's what I call God. There's nothing, there's nothing God has instructed us to do that he hasn't already gone ahead of us and made a provision for us to be able to, uh, to do those things uh, through his grace. He's the great initiator. So we love because he loved us uh, first. And when we start receiving this love, it changes the way we relate with others. It changes the way we uh, manifest this love uh, to others. I want to leave you with this uh, point that loved people, people who know how much God loves them, loved people, love people. On the flip side, hurt people, hurt people. People treat you the way they think God is treating them. If, if they think God is being judgmental with them, if they think God is a hard uh, taskmaster, they're going to become hard taskmasters uh, on others. And we've seen it in the religious circles where people just become autocratic and they just become hard taskmasters. It's because they really think that's how God is treating them. When you really know how much God loves you and how he's treating you by grace, you, you, you can't help it but, you know, extend uh, the same love to others. And so I just thought to encourage you with this. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about something else different. We're going to be starting a brand new series uh, talking about every prayer answered. It's the book that we are offering this week. We also have another surprise book that we're going to be offering you uh, this week. And so stay tuned uh, for some more announcements. And we are going to be offering you uh, an awesome book this week. So you, hey, make sure that you stay tuned. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Before you go, here's some quick announcements. We're still meeting every Thursday virtually as life groups. So if you're not a part of a life group, I just want to take this opportunity again to encourage you to be a part of a life group. So to be a part of a, a family that does life together every Thursday, please contact admin at faithalchurch.co.za. And now for our book offer. We've, we've got a really um, exciting um, offer for you this week. We're actually offering two books. The first one, drum roll, is life, living life, to the fullest by our dearest Pastor Tafara. If you want to live your life to the fullest, this book is for you. And then for our second book offer, you're going to be really surprised because this one's a really awesome book. Our second book offer is Miracles Made Easy by our good friend Carly Terades. This really is a book of, it's true stories of faith and healing to help you receive your miracles. And I love what Carly says at the back of the book. She says, healing is a piece of cake for Jesus. Amen. So if you want to know how miracles can become easy and a reality in your life, this is it's truly a book for you. It's a free book. So both books are free. And we'll be sending you free ebooks, and and this is how you do it. It really is a simple process. All you have to do is send an email to admin at faithhillchurch.co.za, and we'll be sure to send you the two free ebooks of Living Life to the Fullest and Miracles Made Easy. Well, that that's all from us for today. Um, this 
is gonna be another awesome week. As I said last week, this week will be your greatest week yet. We love you, we miss you. Pastor Tafar and I are always praying for you and we cannot wait until we get to be together. Until then, bye-bye, God bless. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.